Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Oh, hey, money-making unicorns. How the fuck are you today? I brought you Matt, and I brought you Matt from TikTok. So this is going to be really fun because I don't really know Matt. So we're going to peel back all of these layers. Once upon a time, I was scrolling on TikTok, and I saw this guy doing this really fucking interesting thing that was all about rebrand concepts where he was, like, taking, like, Coke cans and making Coke can branding into health health soda drinking. I don't know if the health soda is a fucking thing, but a healthier version and doing this rebrand. And it caught my eye and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, and so I started scrolling through his stuff and I thought he was fucking funny. So I was like, send him a message. And I was like, hey buddy, you want to come on the podcast and talk about all this weird shit you're doing on TikTok? And to my surprise, he fucking messaged me back, which I think is pretty fucking incredible. So Matt, please tell us who the fuck you are and why the fuck we should listen to you so we can get started today. Okay, the super boring answer is my name is Matt, and a lot of people know me as Cheat Day Design, which that was my design company. I was a graphic designer for the fitness industry specifically, and uh, now I don't do that anymore. I kind of transitioned, and now I do the whole content creation influencer thing, which I hate the word influencer. <laughs> don't turn this off because you're listening to an influencer. I don't like to call myself that. I just don't know what to call it. I create content. I have my own blog. Uh, that's where my income comes from. And I was terrified to join TikTok. It is a very scary place. And then I I found something that worked for me. And I started doing these rebrand videos that you were talking about using my graphic design background and my fitness background, kind of combined the two. And now I do these health food rebrands. You can call it health soda. There's no name for it. But <laughs> I take these foods or drinks that people know and love that are not considered healthy and just rebrand them using things that are true of the product to make them sound like a health food that anybody in the health and fitness industry would buy without questioning it just because of all these buzzwords. So that's fun for me. And uh, that's now what I'm doing on TikTok just for the love of it, combining the two things that I've done historically. And uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I could expand on anything you want, but that's the general, that's me. I instantly went to like Austin Powers, like in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I'm with you. I was fucking terrified of TikTok. Like, um, I feel like it's for children. And so like, as adults, I definitely didn't feel like that, like we should be on TikTok. Um, I felt like it's something my daughter does. And like, you know, they do the fucking TikTok dances and all that shit. Um, it's horrifying. yeah, it's, and it's weird. Like it's a weird style of platform. Um, the rapid digestion is kind of terrifying in certain ways. But like, I also had this thought in my head. I mean, I built up this really successful Facebook group. I have a really successful brand. My business is kicking ass and taking names. And so I kind of put my like stock in this idea where I was like, when I do finally start TikTok, it's going to blow the fuck up because everyone's going to think I'm really funny. And that's not what happened at all. No one fucking thinks I'm funny on TikTok at all. <laughs> totally suffering um on that platform i only have about a, like 1200 followers um it is my smallest platform and you know i've i've made about 30 or 40 grand from tiktok but um it has not been super successful for me so like when you first started on tiktok like what was your experience with that and how did you get over that fucking mindset hump of like tiktok is for children <laughs> so i grew an audience on instagram and i've had an audience i mean that takes longer and like I got in on Instagram when images were the thing. And uh, with my design background, I was doing a lot of infographic type stuff, which now everyone thinks is so boring, but it helped me kind of grow my account. 
Um, and then video became the thing. So I was like, all right, I have to try TikTok. And when you download it, TikTok, it's all about learning what you like and the algorithm. It works really well to figure out what you like, but when you first download it, it doesn't know you. And it kind of just assumes you're like a 16 year old girl. <laughs> so like I'm seeing all these teenage girls dancing, I'm just like this, there, I want no part of this. Like this is truly <laughs> terrible. I don't even want to post here. I don't want to open this app. So when I started, I would open it, post, and then just exit. So I was like, I don't want to engage with anything on here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> then I did one of these rebrand videos a while back and it ended up getting a couple million views. And I was just like, wow, TikTok's wild. Like there's no reason this should have got a million views. And I just let that go for almost a year. And then uh, circle back now to a few months ago, I was like, I, I'm going to try that again and see, because I want to kind of grow this TikTok. And uh, it again got millions of views. So I was like, I guess I have something here. And it was really interesting because I was posting that same content to Instagram mm -hmm. and nobody cared. <laughs> a while. So I was like, why are these platforms so different? And now I've kind of like, I've gone in two different directions now, which makes it tough on my business a little bit because this content I'm creating for TikTok, these rebrands do really well. And almost every single one goes viral, which whatever, however you define viral, they get millions of views, which is still just wild to me. And uh, Instagram doesn't care at all. Like, I get no views on these same videos. And every time I try the same thing and it just doesn't work. And now over the past, what is it, May now? So five months so in January, I started doing this a little more uh, on a regular basis. And now my following on TikTok is larger than Instagram. And Instagram took me seven years to, to get to that point. So like the potential for growth on TikTok is wild. Um, to your earlier point, it doesn't convert quite as well as the other platforms. I think because people only want to have fun and be entertained on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And that's why these videos are doing well, because they're just fun. And I feel like I've conditioned my audience on Instagram to want educational content a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting. But yeah, it's a it's a wild place. I haven't like cracked the algorithm. I just know that people like these types of videos and I have fun doing them. So We'll see where it goes, but it's growing my account relatively quickly, which is really wild to me. Yeah, I mean, guys, for points of reference here, um, Matt has 158,000 people on Instagram. And I mean, that was seven years in the building. Like, obviously, like, I feel like Instagram, like, it makes sense. Like, it builds, it builds, like, at the rate that you post and that, like, when you engage and you do things, like, you can kind of follow the algorithm a little bit and you can start to build on that. The more, it's like, the more attention you give it. It's like a girl on a date, right? The more you attention you give to Instagram, the better it responds, right? Like it loves right. compliments. <laughs> For sure. Um, and it works in that kind of way. Um, whereas TikTok seems to have, I mean, like kind of like no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I have an assistant who is literally has one post on hers and has never used it and has a thousand followers, like for no reason. Like it took me right six months to get a thousand followers and I was posting consistently putting out the, like doing all the things and nothing. Right? right. Um, so it's a very interesting animal, but like how cool to just all of a sudden have this giant ass platform. Like, what are your thoughts? Like you're only been doing this for a second where it's like blowing up. Like, what are you going to do <laughs> with it? <laughs> so that's funny. You ask, I have no idea. So 
the the backbone of my business and content creation is I have my own blog mm -hmm. and I get money through ad revenue on the blog. So I need people to visit my site. Yeah. And uh, TikTok, people are just watching my videos for fun and nobody's like going to the link in my bio and seeking out anything on my website. The backbone of what I do is a lot of these like healthy recipes, which on Instagram does really well. Nobody gives a shit on TikTok about any recipes I ever post. <laughs> so now like it's just this, this weird thing where like, I have this audience now and I just like, I don't have a real good way to convert that yet. Mm -hmm. So like for me right now, it's just kind of a creative outlet because I don't do the design work anymore. And like, I used to be real passionate about it and my business just kind of naturally shifted. So it's just right now my creative outlet, but it takes time to create these videos. And like, that's taking away from my actual business. So it's kind of, I mean, social media itself, it's always kind of transforming. So who knows like what this is going to become and maybe tomorrow no one's going to give a shit about these rebrand videos and like it was a fun few months and then that's it. So like I don't know how to necessarily like combine these because I'm kind of going down two separate paths with my two social media platforms and like Instagram still the one that actually makes me money. Whereas TikTok outside of like the creator fund that they pay dollars uh, makes me no money right now. So, so I don't know. Guys, like, I want to just put this into your heads a little bit, right? Like, just because you see somebody with fucking millions of followers, like, on a platform doesn't mean that that's translating to millions of dollars. Like, I think people get really stuck in their heads and feel like they need to, like, go viral in order to make money. And, like, that is just not the case. Like, I mean, I've made tons of money with a very small audience and all of the things. And so it's like being able to like look at that and understand like the metrics of, of these different platforms. So talk to us a little bit about how you make money with Instagram. Like how does that translate? Because I mean, obviously you have a great following and you they're all really well engaged, but how does that actually like equal money? Sure. Uh, I think traditionally when people have large platforms, uh, you're going for like sponsored posts and different partnerships. And that's just a real small percentage of what I do. So uh, my main source of income is ad revenue on my blog. So super annoying whenever you go to a blog or like you find a recipe and you got to scroll through a bunch of shit before <laughs> you get to the recipe. Like I'm that guy that's writing all that shit, <laughs> but it's the only way for me to make money because the more content that's on a page, the more ads, blah, blah, blah. It's horrible, I know, but like it's how I make money. Just so give Instagram, us the damn ingredients. We don't care about the story. I know. I don't know. But there's a handy little jump to recipe button at the top that you can skip it all. Not ideal for me, but it's there for the user experience. Um, but on Instagram, uh, I'll post mostly recipes, but the recipe is hosted on my site. Mm -hmm. So if you see a recipe on my feed that you want to make, you then go to my site and find the recipe. Uh, it's that and it is I do a lot of these fast food uh, nutrition guides basically just taking like if you go to McDonald's I'm taking the whole McDonald's menu turning it into an infographic with all of the calories and nutrition facts and whatnot putting that into handy graphics and uh, I do that on Instagram people like them because you could save them and reference it at any point but then they also live on my site and a big part of what I do is uh, people finding me through Google Mm -hmm. uh, so those kinds of things do really well for me to come up in searches. Uh, so it's basically taking Instagram content that I'm making and just expanding upon it on my blog and then getting money through the ads on my blog. And then I work with uh, different companies. I have different affiliate income that I'm making um, and that definitely helps. 
having a platform. So when you have a lot of followers, which is something I can capitalize on TikTok at some point is I work with these different companies, um, some fitness equipment because I'm in that industry. And like when you uh, send somebody their way, making a sale on fitness equipment, it's a pretty big sale. And when you get even a small percentage of that, it does pretty well. Uh, so that adds to it too. So that's like the bulk of what I'm doing through social media. But like the platform itself does nothing. Instagram for a very short time would pay you. They were kind of just copying TikTok and their creator fund, but it was like pennies. Yeah, like it, was like it, was a, just, it was like $100. It was <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they just got rid of it. So TikTok pays a little bit more, but still like nothing. Like you're not making any kind of a living doing that. Uh, it's really, you need to have something else that like you're doing with that following. So for me, it's getting people to my blog. Yeah. Do you fuck with Pinterest at all for that, for, for blog traffic? So Pinterest, I've never learned. I have Pinterest. And every time I put up a recipe, I throw a pin up there because yeah. of my design background. It's very easy for me to just design something for Pinterest. I don't like I have millions of views on Pinterest, which is cool. But like, I, I don't know. It's one of those <laughs> platforms where like I post to it and I just I don't check because I don't understand that platform. It's always been just like foreign to me, but I do post to it. <laughs> it's cool though. It's cool to see like all the different like spider web ways of like driving traffic to something to generate the revenue. I mean, social media is insane. Like what the fuck, how we couldn't do shit like this, you know, a couple of years ago because it just wasn't yeah. available. And I think it's important for people to understand that like, we are the adults in this situation. Like we don't have parents that we get to look at and say like, well, mom, how did you build your Pinterest business? Like, how did you do well on Instagram? Like we don't have right. that. We are the ones that are paving this way and like taking the arrows in the back to a certain extent. And also, you know, the platforms change so quickly that that adapt adaptive kind of style of learning is really important to be able to be successful in all of this. Uh, you mentioned with the affiliate marketing, right? Um, this mm -hmm. is something that I think people like really like undervalue, but like affiliate marketing is fucking massive. Like I've seen, yeah. I've seen these chicks on here doing a hundred grand a month, fucking doing affiliate yeah. shit. It's cool. It's, it's one of those things that I had always heard about people doing affiliate marketing. And like when I was trying to build up my blog, it was something that so many people talked about. And all I knew was Amazon yeah. and like the affiliate program on Amazon, like it's a very, very tiny percentage that you make. So like I would sell because I do recipes, somebody would buy like a bag of sugar and I would make like two cents or whatever it is <laughs> sugar. Uh, so I was always like, this is so dumb. And then I posted, I don't remember when, but I made a post about a nitro coffee maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my only post ever on Instagram to actually go viral and had like two million views on it. <laughs> but I posted about this coffee maker and then I just put the link in my bio because so many people instantly were just like I need that and I linked them over to Amazon and I ended up making like two grand just on this single post just sending people to Amazon and like Amazon's great because then if somebody clicks that link and goes to Amazon anything they buy for however long it is after that you get credit for mm -hmm. But like if I had worked with that coffee company directly and gotten, you know, a 20% or whatever it is 
Like I would have made bank on that. <laughs> and like that's something now that like I try to do more often that like I had never even considered. And then it's like all it takes is for one thing you post to pick up some steam, even if it's just like to Instagram stories where people are like, like I I talked about a grape cutter because I have a toddler at home and he can't swallow our whole grape or yeah. he'll die. So it's this stupid little handheld thing that cuts grapes. And I just posted on my stories and like hundreds of people ended up buying it. So I ended up making a decent chunk of money just on a stupid little grape cutter. But then it was like, yeah, there's actually something to affiliate marketing here. And you can actually make like those are just isolated examples. But like if you do that on a large enough scale, especially on higher ticket items, then there's real money to be had through that. It's crazy. And you know, what blows my mind is that like, I mean, it's, it, I think to a, to a certain extent, it's a generational gap because like, okay, if I saw you like with a nitro coffee machine, like what would I do? Like I would go to my phone and I would open Amazon and I would search it myself For sure. like Same. a fucking adult. <laughs> <laughs> right. But totally. people, people don't do that. Like they have this, like the six second attention span, I think really Everyone's lends so itself. Lazy. Everyone's so lazy. Everyone. Like, so lazy. So lazy. The six second attention yeah. span like lends itself to affiliate marketing. And it's like, how how crazy is that that we're this lazy? But also like what a fucking opportunity, right? To capitalize yeah. on laziness. Like laziness is rampant. So if you can capitalize on something like laziness, I mean, we're all gonna be billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's finding that thing. Like I, like now for me, I push a lot of different fitness equipment because I mean, mm -hmm. if someone buys something for a thousand dollars, I'm getting a percentage of that. That's way more than a $10 grape cutter that I'm pushing. So it's like, it's finding that thing for you that really works. And a lot of people like it's different software, online programs that you can refer someone to and you can get like a hundred dollars at a time. And then it starts to really add up and it's not hard. You know, it's just finding that thing, but you know, sending somebody a link, it's a, one of the easiest things you could do. Yeah. And I mean, for something that they already wanted to buy, you don't even have to sell it. They already want right. it. And you're just facilitating the transaction. I mean, it's, it's like a fucking realtor. <laughs> yeah. Know? For real though. I'm a shit salesperson. That was always uh, my biggest struggle in doing freelance design work is that like, I was constantly having to sell myself and I just, I can't. So <laughs> when, when you remove that barrier, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, because you don't have to go through any of the fucking rigmarole of convincing somebody why they need to overcome an objection. They already have done it because they're buying from a place of desire. Game changer. Which I guess I'm just realizing now is a huge benefit to having a following on social media is that like my credibility is right there. So anyone that follows me, like that whole barrier of me having to make a sale is pretty much gone because I have their trust already for better or for worse. I mean, a lot of people abuse the hell out of that, <laughs> but for me, like that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, they look at your profiles and they're like, he has millions of followers. Like he must, he must be really good at literally everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a strange yeah, level of authority. Too. I mean, I remember when I first built my Facebook group and I, I grew it to 10,000 people in six months, which at the time was like a lot. And like in that moment, people all of a sudden just started thinking that I knew what I was doing. 
Like, right. even though I did it, like I know if I, I had only been doing this for six months, but people just assumed that because I had this big result that I knew everything about everything. I mean, people started asking me about all sorts of different advice questions, like not even just about marketing, like, I mean, about life. And I was like, I mean, like, I don't know, I'm a fired ass bartender with a nasty cocaine habit. Like, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that I'm the best person for you to ask like life coaching advice from, but for whatever reason, like the perception of having a big following gives you this strange level of authority. And I mean, it's something that it's like a little number that dings over your head, right? Like this is your cloud right. score. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I mean, I, yeah. I try not to take it for granted because it's not something that most people can say. Like right? it is tough to grow a following unless you just kind of fall into it as this, like, and there are so many kids that I don't understand what they do, but it's, they just have millions of followers just for like living. Like that's cool, <laughs> I guess. But like, I don't know, a lot of people aspiring to be that frightens me, but it's cool to have that level or not that level, but a level of influence. All right. So why do you hate influencer? Why do you hate it? Why do I hate the word? Because that's exactly what I think of. I think of <laughs> like 16 year old kid that doesn't do shit just like lives and just like posts like kissy faces and whatever of just like this nothing content like no thought to content whatsoever but it's just like good looking and just like has millions of followers and like makes so much more money than i'll ever see just like for nothing and that i feel like when i say that i'm an influencer that's the perception yeah and uh, i mean <laughs> maybe that's not true because that's just how i feel but like when I hear influencer, that's immediately the image in my head. And especially when I'm talking to adults, which I am an adult, but like older adults. <laughs> and I have to explain real adults. what I do. <laughs> yeah, the real adults. I am not one of those. <laughs> Whenever I have to explain what I do, it's like if I say influencer, like you're just going to think I'm a little jackass. Like, <laughs> like who am I? Uh, so, it, so I don't know. I'm kind of stuck because by definition, I am an influencer, but yeah. I, I don't like that to be like my thing, you know? Okay. I got one for you. I'm going to put you on the spot a little Please. bit with this. Yeah. Um, okay. So in the context of like influencer being like junk food, right? How do you rebrand influencer into health food? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. You did put me on the spot. Uh, shit. I don't know. I, Truthfully, the the way I usually go about it is just say I'm a content creator. Yeah. But again, when I'm talking to those older than me, like we're talking old, you know, uh, they they have no idea what the hell that means. So then I have to explain it and then I end up back an influencer. Yeah. But like, truthfully, like I am a blogger, which also I hate the sound of it. So it's just like, I don't. Apparently, I hate what I do. <laughs> when which is, I, when which is I, not true. <laughs> right? You hate what you call, what you're being called for what you do. Um, being a blogger, I mean, I, I get that same thing of like this, like Karen mom that goes and like complains about things. Like, that's what I think about when I think about bloggers. For sure. Yeah. Same. So <laughs> yeah. it's either that, it's like pick your poison. I don't know. I'm either a blogger or an influencer. Well, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this big heavy weight on your shoulders, Matt. And I'm going to tell you, like, you are the one, like we look, if you look up and you don't see somebody like above you doing what the fuck you want to do, it's because it's you. So I'm going to put this fucking big weight on your shoulders to, to give us a different umbrella, give us a different brand 
um, to fall under for those of us that are cr content creators that are kicking ass on the internet and actually have fucking substance and are actually helping people change their fucking lives, you know? Give us, give us something to aspire to. Give us a new word, Matt. <laughs> Think oh about goodness. that shit. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to do it right <laughs> now. I'm just saying, like, when the TikTok video comes out, like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna right, watch so I gotta it. I got to put some thought into it because <laughs> unicorns been taken. So I can't be that. I don't know. Hero yeah. sounds like a little bit much. Yeah, I mean, we're so, not saving, yeah. we're not saving babies from burning buildings, right? <laughs> so maybe I won't go that far. But all right, I'll, I'll figure it out. I get, I get asked enough that I should have an answer anyway. So that's on me. Yeah. I'll find it. You'll That'll find it. I, ha I have faith. I have full faith in it. I know that you can do it. Okay. So tell us, nice tell us a little bit about branding in general, because I mean, obviously doing what I do, like I am bombarded with a sea of, you know, quote unquote, female entrepreneurs, which a bit feels like influencer, right? Who come to me and they are like, my coach told me that I should just do this pink, white and taupe Facebook banner and make it look like everyone else. And that I would just make a million dollars. And then I did it. And I'm like, right. <laughs> um, and so they think that branding is like fonts and colors. Like that's, that's not it. Right. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> right. Bad branding is. Oh, good. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Bad branding is just fonts and colors and those are those that don't succeed at all. Um, but so the branding specifically in the health and fitness industry is very interesting to me because all people like all these companies are doing is just like capitalizing on people's I won't say stupidity because uh, it's not stupidity. It's just like people being, I guess, naive or like uninformed because if you just throw out these buzzwords, like it's so easy to make something sound super, super healthy, which is what I do. But like I've been in the health and fitness industry now. It's been like, I don't know, 13, 14 years. And like as somebody coming up in that industry, like I aspired to be like the dudes on the cover of like muscle and fitness magazine. Like when I was a teenager, like that, that was the ultimate goal. <laughs> so I was like buying all these supplements that I didn't know what the hell they actually did. And like all these different like protein bars and health foods and shit. Like I was in it. So, and like, I knew nothing. And like now looking back on it, like it's so clear these traps I was falling into that it's not like it's unique to my situation. It's quite literally anybody who has any interest in being healthy falls into these same traps that I did. And it's just very interesting now that I've just been in the industry and just consuming these products for so long that I've been able to pick up on it. And like, I don't, I'm not like, I didn't go to school for design or anything like that. I don't have a marketing degree. This is all just my own experiences. Uh, but it's very interesting now, like having a grasp on what these companies are doing and just how easy it is just with branding, just framing your product in a certain light based on who you want to buy it. Because like within the umbrella of health, there are all these different like pockets. Like you can be selling to the teenage boys that just want to be huge. You know, they want to become the rock. And then there are the people that think that organic, non-GMO, all that stuff is it. Like that's all you need, you know? So there, there are all these different like pockets of people and you just figure out who you want to market to and just center your branding around that. And it's very easy to frame anything 
in that light that you want it to be seen as. And it's wild. It's, it's really, it's scary a little bit how, like how much of an impact just a simple brand can have and like how misleading it can really be. So it's been very eye-opening just like going down this journey of TikTok and doing these rebrand videos of like diving back into all these because I use real life products as examples when I'm like doing my brainstorming to come up with these videos. So I'm finding all these products that I hadn't heard of before that anybody that doesn't know better is going to be buying because it looks like health food. And like when you break it down, look at the ingredients, look at the nutrition facts and compare it to a comparable food that is not healthy, it ends up being the same product. And it's just, it's the difference in branding. I really loved the Reese's video. Like that one for me, like turned it on in my brain because I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, like it like literally made like Reese's look like a protein bar. <laughs> I was like, yes. I, I want to get on board with this and believe that the Reese's that I'm eating are <laughs> a protein bar. And so it's like, it's not just that the, the companies are doing this. It's also that we have this like desperate willingness to want to believe the lie. And so it's like suspending disbelief. Sure. Like, even though you know that's not true, you're like, but it says it on the label. So like, I just want to buy into it, <laughs> right? right? It's a very but interesting the thing. The thing that's crazy is that like, it's not a lie. No. Like I did the Reese's rebrand and I just wrote on it how much protein was in the Reese's. And that's true. It's and like true. I've seen products like that, that they don't say like high protein. They're not making a claim. They're just saying like, we have six grams of protein, but like it's also 800 calories. It just happens to have six grams of protein in it. And you see that and you're like, ooh, like protein. And that's, <laughs> that's like, good, right? <laughs> that's the thing right now. Like I feel like, we go through these different phases as consumers of like wanting certain things and like just protein anything is just so in right now that like all you have to do is highlight the protein on a product and instantly like I'm an idiot. I will I will admit it. <laughs> if I saw that on a shelf, I would buy it. Yeah. I mean, it's this thing. It's like, it, it's like instant Zoolander, right? It's like Hansel's so hot right now. Like protein's so hot right now. <laughs> protein is so hot right now. <laughs> and there's always going to be that. I mean, for someone who's been in the health and fitness, like you've seen this come and go. Like, I mean, if you, if you pay attention to health and fitness at all, like, I mean, remember like the fucking like Atkins diet, you know? Oh yeah. And it was like, there's these like phases that come in where it's like Atkins or keto or whatever. And it hits this like cultural zeitgeist that kind of like zips around the world and everybody all of a sudden decides like this is what healthy means mm -hmm. right and like we chase it and we do all these things um and we, we want to be healthy because we want to live longer i guess i don't, I don't know why we want to be healthy why do we so desperately want to be healthy like what is that um but I don't, we just want to be miserable i know <laughs> we just want to make ourselves miserable like just eat the candy it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, you didn't but, get hit by the but damn bus anyways. You might as well eat the right? fucking Reese's. <laughs> I don't know why we do this to ourselves. It's so interesting. But I mean, like watching that, like, okay, so with the perspective from fitness and also the perspective mm -hmm. of like what you know about branding, like where is like the root of this? Like where is this thing where like we're so willing to believe something that's not true because we so desperately want it to be true, but also like we can't just like blame the company, right? It's like where where did this work? Because we're working from a point of reference. That's why we believe the health food label is health food. So who's, right. who started that? Like, where did that come from? Man, I don't know. 
it's wild. It's, uh, it's just like ingrained in us at this point. Yeah. And like, I think at this point specifically, like social media certainly doesn't help. No. Like that, <laughs> that will accelerate any It's like of an this. injection. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. These things just pick up steam. Like in the past, I think it's always been like, there's been influence around it. Like if you look at Dr. Oz, who is just like the worst person in the world, uh, like he would, before social media was even a thing, he'd go on TV and been like, this supplement is what you need, right? And it would sell out everywhere because he's a doctor with influence. We're going to trust him no matter what. And I think now, obviously, on a smaller level, you have that with all these influencers on social media. But these brands themselves have such influence that it's like, if a big brand makes a shift and says like, like we're going to highlight non-GMO, you don't want GMOs, they're horrible. Then it's like these smaller companies kind of have to follow suit. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like snowballs from there and just picks up steam. Because if it's like, if Frito-Lay is doing this, then like all the other chip companies kind of have to follow them if they're leading the industry. And I think it just kind of like snowballs really quickly. I don't know how exactly it starts. Usually it's from some like bullshit study on like mice. Yeah. Where they're just like, ooh, like this will kill you. And then that's it. And then it just, everyone runs with that. I don't know. It's like trans fat, right? Like Trans fat's a bad one. (laughs) It used to be saturated fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. used to hate saturated fat. Now we hate trans fat. Because we and we don't even know what that is. Like people are like, what no, is, which is trans fat? Which is the craziest <laughs> thing to me that like, if I, I so often want to argue with comments on social media, I yeah. don't. I refrain from that because it's just such, it's not worth it. Sometimes for fun, I'll do it. But <laughs> more often than not, it's not fun. It's just infuriating. Yeah. But nobody knows why they're making these choices these brands are just telling them to so like if you ask anyone like if if someone's adamant about no trans fat or eating non-gmo and you ask them why they'll just be like well because it's bad for you like everyone (laughs) bad for you it's like no like tell like why are you avoiding this and it's like why are you so aggressively avoiding this like i don't care if you want to avoid gluten whatever but like why are you so passionate about gluten being so bad for you that like everyone should be gluten free? Where like, if you're not celiac, like what, what is the problem? And it's just like, well, like everyone knows gluten's bad for you. And like, that's the end of the discussion. It's just like, what? what? So like, it's just, I don't, it's just a dumb consumer thing is where like, if it's on the packaging, we're just like, yeah, like be true. I believe it. <laughs> Sold. Sold. That's it. Like we don't know anything. <laughs> it's like sad. general consumers, we really don't. It's fucking sad. And we just believe things blindly because someone told us this. Uh, you know, I do a lot of like mindset work development, right? Like that's what I do for my clients. And like so frequently a lot of them will ask me, like, where did you learn this? Okay. And if my answer to them is like, I learned this from real life experience of like, you know, really having this result myself and going through this process and I'm breaking it down for you. They're like, "Mm, I don't know if that's real. Right. But if I tell them like, oh, I read it in a book, I don't even have to tell them which book it is. Right. It could be Mm -hmm. like a book my kid wrote. Right. Like it doesn't matter. Like if I tell them I read it in a book, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) 
I get it because the same applies to studies. Like yeah, if you yeah, decide yeah. like a gluten's bad for you, there was a study done it proved that it was bad. It's like, oh well, they did a study. It's like I don't like, who the fuck what. is they? They did. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any details of the study. If a study exists, that's good. That's all people need. And people will like cite studies without citing them. Like just say like I saw this study that did this and like not actually cite anything that's just like they Googled it and saw a headline and will argue <laughs> with you. The health space is just, it is a crazy place, but uh, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all crazy. All I try to do now is my whole goal is to just simplify everything Yeah, and just like try to make it fun in the process. But like my whole thing is just like, if you want a food, first of all, you just eat it. Like enjoy the food, unless it's going to cause you some kind of harm. Like if you're allergic to something, don't eat it. Don't eat it. But like otherwise, like you can enjoy whatever you want. But like if you see something on the shelf that sounds amazing and you're unsure about it, flip it over. Look at the nutrition facts. Look at the ingredients. If you see something on it that you don't like, you don't have to eat it. <laughs> just, like, don't, just don't like base your decision off of what the package is telling you. Because they can tell you whatever they want. Like, there's very little regulations on it. So just, like, flip it over. Look at what's in it. If there's something about it that you don't like, then don't eat it. Otherwise, like, it's fair game. It doesn't matter, like, what it's supposed to be. Like, if it's supposed to be a protein cookie or a regular cookie, like, it, if it sounds good to you, it looks good, go for it. I think that people forget that the reason that food is in packages is to help sell it packaging is for sales it's it's yeah. marketing like it's it's designed yeah. that on, it's supposed to be on a shelf full of other like items and then it's supposed to stand out get you yeah. to touch it and then hold it and feel a feeling of you holding it and reading it and building this like really intimate connection with this package and feeling a feeling and then you buy based on your feeling that's why mm -hmm. food is not in brown paper bags. It's in packaging to get you to fucking buy it. It's a sales mechanism. How do yep. people not know this? <laughs> <laughs> I think deep down everybody does. It's just one of those things that we're kind of ignoring. Because mm -hmm. like, I don't think anyone wants to admit that they're a sucker, you know? <laughs> but like, we're all suckers. If you're looking at a shelf and like something stands out at you, like you know you're going to pick it up and like, they got you on the hook. Like, that's all it is. Like, they're doing something that hooked you, unless you know what you're going for. Like, if I go to the supermarket with something in mind that I want to buy, that's one thing. But, like, if you're just browsing and you see something that looks good, like, there's a reason it looks good and that you're taking it. And it's all, like, it is all branding. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Because you can't even yeah. see the food in there. You can't smell it. You can't see it. You can't taste it. There's no sample. Right. So you're like literally just going off of your branding and branding is just a point of reference back to something that you've seen before. That's all it is. Yeah. It's an echo yeah. of something that in your brain where you're like, oh, this seems like something we've done before. And our brain wants us to be safe. And what we did yesterday is safe to do today because we didn't die yesterday. So your brain right. is just creating an associated safety with a color, a word, um, an image that's on that package. And so when you have an associated safety, you tell yourself, oh, this is safe for me to ingest. This is safe for me to give to my children. Totally. And then before you know it, you have this visceral attachment to a brand that you may purchase for years to come. 
Mm -hmm. It's an yeah. impressive, it's an impressive animal marketing. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and it like, it feeds into everyone's need to like, feel superior. Oh, for like, I sure. feel like people will buy, especially in the health industry, like, yeah, if you buy these chips that are reduced fat versus the ones that are regular, like, and you tell everyone that I'm eating the reduced fat, the baked chips, whatever it is that like, you're up here and they're, they're down here. You know, you are, you are above them now because you made the right choice. And it's like the, di the diet soda exactly. fanatics, right? The diet soda fucking grandiose narcissism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so Although, much better than you. There's, there's two camps of diet soda now. Diet soda might kill you or yes. it's the best thing in the world because there's no calories. So it's like, but but Coke gotta, Zero, gotta but Coke Zero is right in the middle because it's not diet, so it won't kill you, and it doesn't have right. the calories, so it's also good for you. It's health. It's health soda. It's health soda, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have aspartame, which no one knows what it is, but everyone knows it's bad. It doesn't have that. I like it when they list things that it doesn't have that like. I mean, it it's like that it would never have. It's like this yeah. also like doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have any like mesothelioma cells in it either. <laughs> and it's like an added benefit. <laughs> right. And a lot of brands do that. It works. Like so many things say gluten free, like drinks that are gluten free. That it's like, why the hell? Would, like, why would this have? This apple is gluten free. <laughs> like, why? But like people see that and they're like, ooh. I'm gonna a buy, and it's like two dollars more, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's two dollars more. It works. I mean, and I think that that's the thing is like people want to get up in arms a little bit about the marketing or the company, and they want to like vilify. But at the end of the day, if it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. Like it, the burden right. is on the consumer. We vote with our dollar, and so if you don't like this shit, and you're sitting here thinking like big business is fucking us, like if that's how you're feeling right now. Bitch, stop buying it. <laughs> like, stop buying it. That's the only way it's to stop this thing. It's gonna work forever, though. Is yeah. the problem? Like the same people that are complaining about it are the same people that are just gonna keep buying it. <laughs> it's so wild. It's so yeah. wild. It, that is an interesting thing. Doing what I'm doing now with these rebrands and seeing the comments because yeah. it does kind of go both ways. Where like some people are just like hits at these companies that aren't even doing this. Like I'm doing a <laughs> fake rebrand. In their mad like, at Coke. <laughs> at this company of like they can't get away with this it's like well like they didn't do it or like people that like actually understand what i'm doing yeah and like actually are beginning to realize like oh yeah like i fall for this and like i've fallen for this many times but like it goes one of two ways where people just get pissed about it or just accept that like this is like eye-opening this is exactly what i fall into all the time that's exactly how you know that you're in the prolific zone. Okay. There's like no money in mainstream and there's no money in fucking crazy. But when you're right there creating the polarity in the middle in the prolific zone, that's where all the fucking money is. Like, you know that you're right in the fucking sweet spot with this. So I know you're not <laughs> commenting. I, it is fun. You're not commenting back to a lot of these people because who has the time or the mental energy for the fucking internet with these people? Like no one. Right. right. Um, but I have to know, like, are any of these companies, say like do you has that ever happened has anybody on a like has coke reached out to you like does that happen is that a thing not yet so i had doritos comment or uh dm me after i did a doritos rebrand okay i said that they loved it and <laughs> they asked my their permission my permission to repost it i love they never this did. 
which is a real bummer. I was like, uh, yeah, you have millions of followers. Like, please, please repost post it. it. Uh, so I'm still waiting for that. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had a couple different brands comment on my videos being like, re-rend our stuff. Okay. And like, which is really cool exposure wise, but also like, I shouldn't be doing this shit for free. Right. <laughs> like, this is just, this is like, if they're going to get millions of views, these videos, like, this is just a free ad for you. No, so, totally. Like, I can't. So like, I guess circling way back to the beginning of this conversation, that would be a way for me to monetize TikTok a little bit. If these brands start reaching out being like, they'd end up being sponsored posts where yeah. I would do the same thing. Like it wouldn't sway. I'm not going to try to make a product sound more appealing. Like I'm going to do exactly the same thing that I've been doing. Uh, but yeah, I can't just be doing this stuff for free or else like then it's all for nothing for me. Yeah. Don't do it for free. Definitely. No. Definitely put together the offer, like put together the offer and like act like you've done it a million fucking times before. Right. Oh, it's yeah. like, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I do this all the time for all sorts of different fucking brands. Like here's my, here's my fucking sales page. Right. Here's, here's the order form that for you need sure. to fill out. Fucking charge those people 10 grand for that shit. I bet they'll fuck. I bet they, if you These come big in, companies do, I, I bet they'll do it. I bet if you fucking put, if you pushed a $10,000 fucking bill across the desk, I bet you they would just pay it. You know what? I'm going to make a promise to you here because I'm going to try it and I'll let you know if it works because if it doesn't, like if it's Cheetos that reaches out to me and they're like, Oh, like we're not going to pay you that. Then that, who cares? Who cares? Like then I tried. So I'll give it a try. I'll let you know if it works. <laughs> well, then, when you get someone to reach out to you, reach back out to me. Well, and I will help yeah, they you need position. To start reaching out to me. Yeah. When they reach out to you, reach back out to me and I'll help you position it. Cause I know you hate selling yourself, but like, I'll help you position <laughs> that offer so that you can push it across the table. Cause I'm I would love to see that happen. you right now is what's happening. <laughs> I would love to see that happen for you. Like that would be like the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I would too. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so a lot of brands haven't been reaching out which is unfortunate, but I think if I keep doing this more and like it's reaching a wide enough audience, I think that that's kind of inevitable. Like I, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people do different series on TikTok, not necessarily like in the design space, just in general. And when they start picking up steam, like I've seen stuff within like sports and like doing content for each different team. And then yeah. eventually teams that they haven't done will reach out to them. Uh, so I could see that happening with brands, but I have had, let me, can I, can like, I give you a suggestion on this? Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. So it's, it's a positioning of a certain type of brand. So like when I was working in bartender land, like I was a brand ambassador and I worked with a lot of different big, like brand companies for booze. And so there's certain brands like Bacardi. Okay. So like Bacardi is like, a, a, it is the biggest house in the world. Okay. So it's the biggest brand house in the world. It houses a whole bunch of other brands. They obviously have massive budget, but Bacardi itself wouldn't be something that would do this because it's too big. But Bacardi, because it has this giant fucking huge marketing budget, has little brown brands that are housed underneath it, right? That need mm -hmm. more exposure. They need more love. And so Bacardi is always looking for interesting ways to get these tiny brands to pick up steam. I mean, you see brands like, remember when Fireball came out? Oh, yeah. Okay, like Fireball is trash. Like, I mean, it's like literal disgustingness, right? Everyone loves it, though. But it had such a good brand presence that it just fucking took off. So everyone mm -hmm. is chasing the Fireball anomaly because it is an anomaly. 
that doesn't normally happen with a brand that small, right? So all of the big brand houses are chasing the fireball effect. And so these littler brands, if you looked at booze companies, which obviously have massive marketing budgets, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at companies like that, where you did rebrands on like a smaller gin, right? Or a smaller rum, I bet you, you would get the traction and you would get people reaching out because a lot of those smaller brands are actually owned by a person still. And then they're tied into Bacardi, like under the umbrella. And so they're still partial owners of their own brand. And so that would perpetuate that. That is an excellent point because I, I mean, there are some huge companies in just like the snack space yeah that own so many like even if you look at like coke and pepsi yeah they own, they everything. own so many brands underneath them that yeah that makes a lot of sense so hey, right. hey audience all of you guys that are listening i have a lot of brand reps listening <laughs> like if you guys are if you're a brand rep or you own your brand because like i know there's a lot of you guys on here too like shout out to lisa whistling andy what's up guys um so anybody that owns their branding if you want matt to do this and you want to maybe, maybe not 10k you want a discount you want you want to do it do it for 5k matt will do it for 5k for you <laughs> a 50 percent discount if you if you uh if you fucking mention this podcast episode right matt will do it for 5k for you um so any of you brand reps that are listening right now or you know you guys owning your owning your companies uh let's 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 perpetuate this for matt i think it would be really fucking cool he's got a gazillion fucking followers it'll be great for your fucking brand <laughs> there you go thank you and that's how a sale is made that's, that's right how- <laughs> it's so easy it's so easy right okay matt <laughs> well i have to wrap this up but thank you so much for being here and this was a lot of fucking fun right i mean it's, this it's was cool. fun thank you <laughs> it's cool to go get to go back and forth and talk about all of the things so um in my branding world i have to get you to tell everybody um one good reason why they should take off their pants because take off your pants is, is the tagline for my brand <laughs> why they should take like specifically right now it is damn hot i'm in a uh, in a phone booth right now <laughs> and i'm sweating my ass off <laughs> So like my pants are coming off. So you should take off your pants. See, you heard it here. Matt tells you to take off your pants. You should just do it because he's a motherfucking yeah. influencer. Be influenced, bitches. There you Be go. Influenced. Using my influence for good. That's right. All right, guys, get out there, do all the motherfucking unicorn things, and we will catch you in the next fucking episode. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdon'twearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button and remember. Hashtag fuck pants.